All right, so before we begin, I would just like to state for the record that today is February 18th, 2022, and my name is Ben Bauman. I'm here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm speaking via phone with Tracy Boatwright, who is also in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we're doing an interview for the Indiana Legislative Oral History Initiative. So just starting off, when and where were you born? Um, July 7th, 1942, in Marion, Indiana. And what were your parents' names? Mark and Mildred Boatwright. And where was your family from uh, before Indiana? Well, my dad was from Iowa originally, and then my mother was from here in, here in Marion. Oh, okay. Sure. Or in Marion. What did your parents do for a living? My dad was uh, in sales, uh, worked for Hamilton Harris Tobacco Company, and then also for uh, sold cookies and crackers. Interesting, okay. Uh, did you have any siblings? Yes. Yeah, three. Okay. How would you describe your childhood overall? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. So what was so uh, great about it? What did you like best? Well, it was uh, kind of a typical uh, Hoosier boys growing up, you know. Yeah. Had great parents. Uh, my dad was very involved in, uh, he used to play what we called pickle. Okay. Every evening when he got home from work, and, and that made me the ball player that I was later in my life. Yeah. Uh, I had good hands. And it was all because of my dad taking the time to work with me. Yeah, that's great. Who would you say then were the most influential people in your childhood? Your parents, I guess? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what did you know about your family's political views growing up as a kid? No, not, not that much. Uh, they used to joke and laugh about the fact that my mom always said dad was a Republican and that uh, mom was a Democrat, so oh, okay. <laughs> they kind of canceled each other out. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So it was, I guess, a pretty uh, yeah mixed family then politically, so. Yeah. What schools did you attend growing up? went to Fremont, which was in North Marion, um, and then I went to Evans, and then McCullough, and then Marion High School. Okay. Did you have any uh, favorite subjects in school? Not really. 
Were you uh, involved in any sports teams or extracurriculars? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was a wrestler uh, for all three years. I was in high school and uh, played baseball for the Giants, and I played uh, and I ran cross country. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, did you have much awareness about like the state of Indiana or what it meant to be someone from Indiana growing up? No, not too awful much. Okay. I never, I never thought about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to college? No, never did. Okay. So, what did you do right after you uh, finished high school? Went to work in a factory. Oh. Bell fiber. Interesting. Okay. So. How did you uh, start to get involved in politics then? Uh, through the fire department, uh, I was a union president uh, for a firefighters union, and uh, we always used to talk about <clears throat> we need to get some people involved in the city council. And uh, some of the guys in the department wanted to run somebody for every office. And I told them, I said, no, I don't think that'll work because the, the people of this city will realize what you're trying to do is to take over. Yeah. And I said, we just need to get one or two people to uh, run for city council and and so I became that guy, and I was uh, the leading vote-getter in the city when I ran for the first time and every time thereafter. Um, and, you know, was just very fortunate. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So how did you get involved with the fire department initially? I I used to I drove a beer truck on my um, uh, and I worked with some guys on the fire department that you know they used to tell me these stories about saving a little child from the fire and that kind of thing and yeah and it just uh, I always thought of myself as kind of a, a tough guy and and uh, I thought boy that's for me I mean I could do that yeah and so I went to my dad and my dad had had known Ray Burns was a mayor back then and uh, I asked dad I said dad would you go see Ray Burns and see about getting me on the fire department. He said, sure. So he went to talk to Ray, and Ray said, yeah, we can do that. And so they put me on the fire department. Oh, wow, okay. So I guess you worked a few different jobs then before you, you came to the fire department. and. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd been in, I'd been in the service and been to Vietnam. And, oh, wow. And uh, worked. 
I worked a lot of construction jobs and factory and things like that. Interesting. So when you uh, so when did you uh, I guess how did you get involved with the Vietnam War? Were you drafted or did you enlist at some point or? No, I was drafted. Okay, and what were you doing at the time when you were drafted? Uh, just working construction. Okay. In Marion. How old were you? Um, twenty. Okay. Four, almost twenty-five. Yeah. And so. I was pretty old to be drafted, but. Yeah. I was married, but my wife and I, Jenny, and I did not have any children at that time. Okay. And so they were drafting married people with no kids. Oh, okay. That's how I got lucky enough to get involved in that. Yeah, yeah. So, when did you get married then? 1963. Okay. And so, when you found out you were drafted, I guess, were you just, like, shocked, or? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay. And so, how long did you serve in Vietnam? Only about seven months. Okay. Uh, They sent... Me and my brother, I served with my brother. Uh, he's gone now. He passed away in, about five years ago. And uh, But we both got drafted together on the same day. Spent two years together, side by side in the service. And our bunks were right beside each other. And... Yeah. Wow. I always, I always uh, just thought how difficult that was on my mom and dad. Sure. You know, that we could have been killed by one mortar. Yeah. Sleeping side by side in, in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, and then my other brother was Terry. He was in Germany in the military. And my brother-in-law, Ralph, was in the Marine Corps at the same time. Wow. Four in there at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so, geez, a lot of family members then were in the military. Yeah, yeah. So, after... You came back from Vietnam. Did you have any particular career goals in mind, or were you still trying to figure out what you wanted to do, and then eventually you figured out the fire department thing? Uh, yes, just uh, like I said, I got to talking to these guys, and I thought how interesting that sounds and how exciting and and so that's when I pursued the fire department and was lucky enough to get selected. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have any children? Yeah, three. Oh, okay. Cool. And um, so when you first got interested in 
state politics, uh, how much influence did your family have on your decision to start to get involved? Well, they were very supportive of, of you know anything that I ever wanted to try to do in that in that regard. And, yeah. Uh, but it just yeah. I remember my my youngest daughter. She said, "Daddy, I don't think I'm going to like it because you're going to be gone so much." And I told her, "I said, honey, I'm gone a lot now. You know, I work." on the fire department for 24 hours and I was on the city council at that time and yeah and I had a lot of meetings and I said it won't be much different than you know what I'm doing now right and so she was okay with that and yeah sure so when you start to get more and more involved with politics what shaped your political outlook background um you know I was a democrat and when I first went down there and talked to him about running my the democrats are all excited about me and uh I, I had a guy his name was Bill Schreiber yeah and he called me and said Tracy I understand that you can dive deeper and come up drier than any Democrat in Grant County. And we want to we want to talk to you about running for the legislature. Mm, okay. Boy, my head got about as big round as a basketball. I couldn't <laughs> believe that they wanted me to run for the state legislature. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. And so when so when you decided to run, did you have any key issues or legislation that you were focused on or were you just kind of taking it one step at a time? Yeah, just a step at a time. Yeah. All of the, the, the Democrat issues, uh, uh, you know, right to work and yeah. different things that the Democrats were trying to get done and get defeated. And sure. Did you look up to any political figures in the country or state when you were getting involved in politics? Uh, Evan. Yeah, I think Evan Bly. Oh, okay. Was the biggest one. Yeah. So what was it like running a campaign? Well, it was very different than anything I'd ever done before. You know, you had to raise money almost constantly. Yeah. And um, that was... <laughs> new to me and, and very... Uh, um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? Very uh, intimidating. Yeah. You know, to uh, to do that. Right. Yeah, I can imagine that would be pretty pretty unique experience for someone who's just getting started. And here's a campaign yeah. you have to run. Yeah. Um, 
Did you have like a strategy at all that you kind of formulated or were you just kind of getting lots of help from the party to help you figure out what to do? And A lot of help from the party and then a lot of help from the firefighters. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only my, my own local union, but the Annapolis firefighters supported me a great deal financially and, yeah. and uh, helped me a lot. Yeah, that's cool. You know, if it wouldn't have been for them, why I couldn't have afforded to yeah. do that on my own. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, political campaigns are pretty expensive, I guess. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't believe how expensive you know that it was. And, yeah. Do you remember how much money you had to raise for your campaign? The first, the first time that I ran, um, seemed like it was like $35,000 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember who your opponent was? Yeah, uh, was uh, back then they were there were two member districts, and it wound up being myself and Pete Beck. Mm, okay. Running against Ralph Duckwall and Eric Turner. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and we beat both of them. Wow. Uh, and I had unusually I had I had worked for and supported Eric Turner when he was a Democrat. Oh, okay. And uh, and then he became a Republican and then I ran against him and beat him. Wow. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. What did you think of the election process? Did it seem pretty pretty good or No, I didn't I didn't care for politics that much, you know. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the 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 people part of it. Right. Uh, I never will forget when I first got elected, you know, I I got down there and I thought, oh, these people are all Republicans over here on this side of the aisle. And, and uh, you know, back home I'd come from where we had knocked down, drag out fights with Republicans. And, and then, but then it, as it turned out, the Republicans were some of my very dearest friends in the legislature. Yeah. Sure. So you got along then pretty well with people on all parts of the political spectrum then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think part of that was due to your upbringing with your parents being uh, Republican and Democrat? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I 
mean, yes, I think it had to do with my upbringing, but I don't know whether it had anything to do with the fact that, you know, my dad was a Republican and my mom was a Democrat. Okay. None of that was ever discussed in our house. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So how did you feel when you first found out that you got elected? Oh, I was totally elated. (laughs) It was just... It was amazing. Yeah. And the same way when I lost three, six years later. Yeah. uh, I was just devastated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you had a good chance of winning when you were when you were running in the election? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now. Did you change campaign strategies over the course of uh, the elections, the different elections in your career, or was it basically the same type of campaign? No, it was basically the same. Okay. What were you thinking when you walked into the State House for your first day as an elected official? Oh, I was just totally intimidated. You know, it was. It was uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing, and uh, you know, such such a uh, yeah pride in in what what we accomplished, and uh, it was very different. Yeah. What were your expectations for the legislative process? Well, I, when I first got there, I didn't know. I didn't know what that was going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, being new to it and all. <clears throat> but you catch on, you know, after a while. I, sure. It's... Uh, and like I said... When I first got there, I thought a lot of those people were my enemies when in actuality some of the Republicans became my very best friends that I had in the legislature. Yeah, that's really neat. Did you have uh, people that kind of served as political mentors for you that kind of helped you figure out the process? Of being yeah. a legislator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were there any particular people that you remember that were ex- exceptionally helpful? Or? Yeah. Uh, Rollin Weber. Rollin was a Democrat from Anderson. <clears throat> and uh, very involved in union and that kind of thing. And yeah. It was a big help to me. Okay. How did you keep track of the needs and wants of your constituents? Well, you have people that work for you, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of what they were called now. Assistants, yeah, that help you keep track of legislation and, and, uh, yeah, okay. 
they kept that stuff straight for you and you know about interviews and things like that that you had to do and right did you ever have like uh people stopping you in grocery stores or anything like that, asking you questions about uh, legislation or? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, in the same way, like in a bar, you know, drinking a beer. And uh, I had a lady tell me that she was very frustrated because she couldn't get uh, any help with her I guess fulfill the the purpose of your position to help those yeah. constituents. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the first bill that you sponsored in the General Assembly? Oh. No, I'm sorry. I should have done it. <laughs> no worries. That's fine. Um, what were the regular interactions like between? different members of the General Assembly? Uh, well, it was a very uh, congenial group, you know, and we all got along good and had lunch together a lot of times and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, uh, you had to kind of stroke people's egos a little bit to try to get some things done that you wanted. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but it was interesting. So what's an example of having to sort of, you know, talk with people and, and to get some type of deal done with them on legislation? Of that. Yeah, do you have any examples that come to mind of like having to to sort of you know work with people in a way that kind of makes them feel good so you can get a, some legislation done? Yeah, not that I can think of, not you know, not particularly. Yeah, okay. 
What differences were there between uh, members of the House and Senate? Well, we always joked about the, the Senate. I always thought they were the House of Lords. Yeah, okay. You know, they were better than us. And, yeah. And uh, because they were elected for six years. Right. And we were elected for two. And um, they just all kind of had to... Um, idea that they were a little above us and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, so they felt but a little scared. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of them were very, very dear friends. Um, you know, that I never will forget Bob uh, Bob Garton? Garton. And uh, he called me. I was on my way home. He called me on my car phone and said, uh, <clears throat> he always called me my fire marshal. How's my fire marshal? Okay. And because uh, I was, at that point, had been then reappointed as Indiana State Fire Marshal. Yeah. And, um, I just, I so appreciated the fact that somebody as important as he was for him to take the time to call me personally to let me know about a certain bill that we'd been working on, you know, that he, that he wasn't going to be able to hear it or something or wasn't, it wasn't going to be allowed to go forward. Yeah. And I, I just appreciated that so much that he took the time out of his busy schedule to call me personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess also since he's, you know, from the opposite party of, than you were, then... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how difficult was it to get uh, a bill passed in the General Assembly when you served? Well, sometimes very difficult. You know, I I fought I fought the fireworks law for years and years and years. Yeah, trying to get that changed, never was really successful in getting it changed the way I thought it should be. And but in other situations, sometimes you know it was very easy to get a bill passed and uh, get it through all the way through, you know, both houses and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So this was about, like, illegal fireworks then? That was the legislation? Yeah. Yes. And so what was the the issue exactly that was happening? People were, like, selling illegal fireworks and they were, like, causing some fires in the city or what was going on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. And... Uh... I just, you know, I kept pointing out the fact that people were getting hurt and, and uh, 
before the house, and I said, you know, there was a beautiful little five-year-old girl that got part of her face blown away by a mortar. And, and I said, how many more people does it take? How many more little girls does it take to have that happen to before you folks realize what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah. And didn't do any good. Wow. Now, I think I read uh, when doing some research on you that, like, you had mentioned something in the newspaper about how lobbyists you felt kind of played a big role in, in fighting your legislation to regulate fireworks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, of course, that was, that was their job. Right. I mean? Right, of course. Um, so what, what arguments were they making then against your your proposed legislation? Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's the American way. It's the uh, uh, 4th of July and the grand old way we celebrate the 4th in our country. And, and, uh, and how much they always used to talk about how much the fireworks industry had given to the fire service and uh, you know because they had a lot of the proceeds from fireworks sales were coming back to fire departments and and so they were just pointing out different things like that yeah and so what would, what would your legislation have done then? Would have just limited certain fireworks or um, was it just to get rid of all illegal fireworks that are being sold? Yeah, all illegal fireworks, yeah. Okay, and how are, the, how are these fireworks uh, coming into the state in the first place? How are they being uh, brought in? By the industry. Okay, so they're taking illegal fireworks and selling them? Oh, yeah. And getting away with it? Wow, okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> I'm surprised that you even needed to have to try to create legislation if it was already illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would have thought so. Wow, Okay. So, when it came to legislation, how did you go about trying to gather support for a bill? Well, amongst your colleagues in the House, or even the House and the yep. Senate, you just talk to them one-on-one -on -one whenever you got the chance. Um, and try to convince them of your your argument and uh, um, did, did you find that process to be difficult or was it or just depend on the issue I guess or yeah it would depend on the issue yeah and when you're kind of recruiting people for a bill, was this happening usually 
um, in and out of the state house, or was this something that was typically like in the hallway or in committee meetings or all of those? All of them, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we had different parties and things that they the companies would have. Uh, and you know we'd go to those, and you'd get the opportunity to talk to to other legislators yeah. at that time, and uh, talk to them about your bills. Okay. Sure. Did you have a pretty good sense of how people would vote prior to actually voting on a bill? Yeah, and and really, you if you were a good legislator, you knew that ahead of time. You know, you'd keep a, a cheat sheet or a scorecard as to who, who was supporting you and who was opposing you and that kind of thing. Yeah, I guess try to keep track as much as you can, yeah. Yeah, and I had some people lie to me, you know. They'd, uh, they'd tell me, said... Tracy, I'm going to vote for your fireworks bill. And, uh, uh, but then I found out later that they uh, somebody went up and got them. Okay. Brought them down to the meeting so they so they'd have to vote no against my bill. Uh, and they, you know, they, they tell you later, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, the, that was what I had to do. And yeah. Okay. Interesting. So was this because of like, um, l- lobbying influence on them or? Yeah, mostly. Okay. So they were trying to protect their own campaign, I guess, financially. So they didn't want to go against... A, yeah. A, an organization that was, yeah, helping fund their campaign. Yeah. Right. Okay. How influential was a party leadership when it came to getting a, a bill passed? Oh, very helpful. Mike Phillips was the um, Speaker of the House and the, the head of our Democrat party and and he was very helpful and very persuasive and uh, I mean he could do some arm twisting buddy yeah okay he told me when I I was being considered for the Indian State Fire Marshal's job he had tried to help me get that position and so I was told later that they weren't going to give me the top job. They'd give me the second job. And uh, so Mike came to me and said, Tracy, don't you want that fire marshal's job? And I said, yeah, Mike, I do. He said, then by God, you're going to have it. And I mean, he got it done. Yeah. Wow, okay. Do you remember any uh, bills that you got passed that you worked with uh, a Republican on? Well, most all of them that you got passed 
you would have had to have had some Republican support. Okay. If it didn't, well, it didn't go anywhere, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. If, so. if you had a bill that just had Tracy Boatwright and three other Democrats on it. Yeah. Most of the time, it wouldn't move on. So, okay, so it was crucial then to have, uh, yeah, bipartisan support to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was the same for the Republican Party? They need to have a Democrat then on their bill when oh, you yeah. served? Okay. Yes, yeah. So it was a, I guess it must have been a pretty close uh, session in terms of the breakdown between Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, you mean as far as numbers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, one year we were tied 50-50. Yeah. And uh, they had dual speakers, Mike Phillips and Paul Manweiler. And Paul would be the speaker one day and Mike would be the speaker the next day. And it was very interesting. Yeah, I bet. So how well did you think the General Assembly functioned when it was split like that? Surprisingly, we got along pretty well. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's good. So, yeah. I guess then having to make, being forced to make compromises in a 50-50 session, I guess, kind of helped the General Assembly to a certain extent function? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What would you say were the most controversial legislative issues when you served? Well, for me, it was fireworks. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I can't, I can't. That's fine. Really think of a, uh, something that jumps out at me. Yeah. That's okay. Um, was there a particular piece of legislation that sort of took the most time when you served in General Assembly? Yeah, that's okay. Time. Uh, yeah. One of the bills that I'm most proud of having passed was the defibrillator bill that now you find them in police cars and ambulances and they're saving people's lives and that kind of thing. I was the author of that bill. Oh, okay. And uh, so that was one of the most uh, influential pieces of legislation that I was ever involved in. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. Okay. What would you say was the biggest challenge you had to overcome when you served in the General Assembly? Biggest challenge? Yeah. 
knowing so much about so many different things yeah. was, was pretty uh, monumental to me, you know. It, uh, I carried I carried bills that I, <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd take me somewhere and we'd have a meeting and they'd sit down and go through all of the comms and the differences and that kind of thing. And then I'd go before the house and explain it and get it passed. Yeah. And, uh, but that was pretty, pretty, uh, uh, mind blowing, you know, to have to try to learn something like that, that you knew nothing about previously. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that you kind of have to do that a lot serving because you're exposed to so many different bills and stuff about different aspects of life and society. You know, being a city kid, I never knew much of anything about farming or farming issues. Yeah. But my seatmate that sat right next to me, Pete Beck, was from Oak Hill and knew all about farming, everything there was to know about it. And anytime I had a question about, Pete, explain this to me about, you know, what does this mean and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's how you get by, you know. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. So thinking about some of the specific legislation that you worked on, um, a few other things that I, I read about, you had some legislative work on, like, bills for, for veterans. Yes. Uh, can you tell me a bit about that? Well, I always was very supportive of bills for, for veterans, you know, being one myself. Yeah. And the same way with fire service and firefighters and that kind of thing. Um, but... Uh, I lost my train of thought. No, that's that's okay. What'd you ask me? Yeah, I was just asking about uh, the legislation that you worked on for veterans and what what you tried to do. Oh yeah, uh, I was the uh, I was one of the four chairmen uh, on the veterans committee, uh, and we passed a uh, a bill that supported veterans and that kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, you know, I just was very interested in those those types of issues. Yeah. Um, I also saw that you had worked on some workplace safety bills. Do you remember that? Not anything that jumps right out at me. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about, uh, I know that one seemingly controversial issue that was going on when you served was about casino legislation in like Lake County. Do you remember that? Yes. So what was happening and, uh, what was your role in that? Well, um, they were, the, the Democrats 
particularly the Democrats from, from Lake County and up in that area were very uh, hard, trying hard to find support for uh, casinos yeah. up in Lake County. And uh, <laughs> I remember one time Mike or uh, Elaine Rogers. Yeah. She went to the microphone and spoke about how important casinos were to, to Gary and to her community, and she almost cried. She was so she was so um, believed in it so strongly. Yeah. And and then Mike Young, who is now a senator, Mike got up and kind of shoot her ass out and told her that, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and casinos are not the answer to your problem and just really lit into her. Wow. And so I went to the microphone and I chewed his ass out and I said, this lady come up here and she about cried because she believes in this issue so much and I, I just really let him have it. Yeah. After I asked to speaker Mike Phillips uh, they had a thing called uh, uh, <laughs> I won't be able to think of the term now for you for you uh, like uh, like punish someone or something in the party or uh, it's when you speak badly about another Another legislator. Oh, okay. But there's a certain term that they use. Okay. Uh, and I asked him, I said, Mike, did I... <laughs> I can't think of the words I'm trying to think of. Um, <laughs> okay, I just... I guess you kind of... You asked if like you kind of like broke the party rule or something like that to go against... To speak out against someone or... Well, if you, you know, you, you got to be careful about what you say about a fellow legislator. Yeah. But anyway, I asked Mike Phillips, I said, Mike, did I, uh, did I go too far with my raising hell with him? And he said, no, you came awful close, but you didn't <laughs> go too far. <laughs> and, uh. Wow. I still, for the life of me, I can't think of what, the, what that term was I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, let's see. I also saw there was some incident where, uh, like, someone had a heart attack in, like, the house, and you yes. helped yes. resuscitate that person? Yeah. yeah, that was uh, Roland Weber, my good friend. Uh, the guy I was telling you about that yeah. had kind of held my hand a little bit when we were, when I was newly elected. Yeah. Uh, I was out in the hall with some constituents, and somebody come out and yelled at me and said, Tracy, 
Wallens had a heart attack and he's down on the floor in there. So I went running in and started, I could see that he wasn't breathing. I checked his neck and, and, um, I started giving him mouth to mouth. Yeah. And Bob, Bob Alderman from Fort Wayne, a Republican, started giving him chest compressions. And when the med paramedics came and they took over, and then later the doctor got there, and I asked the doctor later that evening at the hospital, I said, I said, Doc, I wasn't sure I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And he said, you did everything just right. If you hadn't helped him, he wouldn't be alive today. Wow. So, yeah, and we saved his life, and he lived for 10 more years after that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was a heck of a story. Wow, that's crazy. Jeez. When I got done, I cried like a baby. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. It was just so... So emotional. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty intense. I'm. Yeah, I imagine that would have a, a big effect on anyone who had to go through a situation like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Um, so thinking now, I guess in the big picture about your career as a legislator, um, how would you summarize your time overall? Oh, it was very, very rewarding. Um, just a, an unbelievable time in my life, uh, you know, that I had the opportunity to to do that and be involved in that and be involved in some of those issues that I was involved in. And, and uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I just, I, you know, I... Everybody always told me that said, Tracy, you'll be a legislator as long as you want to be. And then after three terms, I got defeated. <laughs> uh, and I just, I'll tell you, it destroyed me. Yeah. I, I, I sat in my recliner at home for three weeks and couldn't get out of my chair. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just, didn't want to do anything or go anywhere or talk to anybody or yeah anything. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you were just really passionate about being a legislator and, I guess, totally shocked that you would, could lose it. Yeah. Yeah, understandable. Um, do you have a favorite story about your career in the General Assembly? life would be the biggest the biggest thing yeah well yeah that's um, a huge one yeah and, and also you know getting bills passed like the defibrillator bill and and that that's saving people's life today that that is important to me and i'm very proud of that yeah that, that i was able to do that yeah Definitely. Uh, what lessons did you learn from your experiences in the General Assembly? 
Well, if you have to, you have to treat people, you know, it's, and that's kind of the way I've tried to live my life. You treat people the way you'd like to be treated, you know. Yeah. And that's one thing that you have to learn at the legislature is, uh, sure. you want to treat people the way you'd like to be treated. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have any regrets from your time as a legislator? No. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to future legislators or even current legislators? Well, there needs to be, uh, and this holds true for Congress as well, but they need to start treating people more like, well, like, like I said, mm -hmm. treat people the way you'd like to be treated. Yeah. But the, the divisiveness and the fighting and that, it doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. And one thing that's wrong now with the legislature is, you know, the Republicans have such massive uh, uh, numbers yeah. over the Democrats, and not only the House, but the Senate, and, you know, they, the Democrats can't do anything. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the Republicans know it, and so they're not very willing to you know, try to work together. Yeah. Yeah. That was 50-50 and back to 52-48 and that kind of thing. Well, they had to work. They had to work with the Democrats and, and uh, that makes for a much better situation all around. Sure. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot less motivation to work with the other party if uh, you're very dominant in your control of the General Assembly, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, in your opinion, is the most important work of the Indiana General Assembly? Taking care of their constituents. Uh, you know, taking care of the people that elected you and got you into that position. Yeah. Uh, sure. That was the most <clears throat> rewarding thing to me, I think. And like I said, you know, when I talked about a woman coming up to me and talking to me in a bar about that, and, you know, hell, I didn't. I didn't care, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's like I told whoever was sitting there with me, I said, that's what I got elected for, was to try to help people. Yeah. Part of the job. Yeah. 
What would you say the public doesn't know about how the Gen Indiana General Assembly works? Uh, well, the behind-the-scenes things that that go on, you know, that that they don't know anything about. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> now, I know we talked about uh, the role of lobbying on your uh, uh, firework legislation. How prominent was lobbying in general in the Indiana General Assembly when you served? How big of an issue would you say it was? Oh, it's very, very big. Okay. You know, like if you look at the end of the year when they release the amounts of money mm -hmm. that the big companies spend on their lobbyists, uh, you know, some of them's over a million dollars a year. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a, a huge, huge part of it. So I guess a lot of money was spent to influence politicians and uh, get them to support certain industry views on things and. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I had, lobbyists that were friends of mine that would tell me, you know, Tracy, I understand if you can't support me on this and uh, that kind of thing. Or sometimes even I've had them advise me, Tracy, you can't support this, you know, even though it was something that, that they were pushing. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they knew that if I come out and voted for that, that it would hurt me back home in the legislature in the, in the election. Yeah. So what did you do in those situations? I did what I knew I had to do because they were right, you know, when they yeah. said, you can't, you can't support me on this, and I understand that. Yeah. So I guess then, like, when you serve as a legislator, because the way the system is set up with the influence of lobbyists and, you know, helping fund campaigns and helping, I guess, generate voter turnout for you, um, you're, to a certain extent, I guess, many or all members of the legislature are kind of handicapped to a certain extent to what their what their what the lobbyists who help fund their campaigns want um, because they have such a huge role I guess in getting you elected in the first place I'm not sure I understand I was just saying that like I guess then like all members of the General Assembly have that uh, issue where, you know, they, they're, they're pressured by lobbyists to vote a certain way if they want to keep their spot in the General Assembly. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
How would you say politics has changed in Indiana over the course of you know, your career and looking into how politics functions today in the state? Well, like I said before, one one of the worst things that's going on is the massive uh, Republican uh, oh, I can't I can't come up with my words today for some reason. No, that's uh, like the supermajority that they have. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a big big problem. Sure. Uh, and uh, how did that come about? You think? Well, just over time, you know, when I first got elected, uh, Democrats were. In the, in the minority in the House, let's see, what was the numbers? 58 Republicans, I think, to 42 Democrats. Okay. And in, in that first year that I was elected, we gained nine seats. And then after that, we just started gaining a few more every year until we got it up to 50-50. And well, and one, one time or two, we finally got ahead, you know, 50, 52 to 48. Yeah. That kind of thing. But it works better, I think, when it's close like that. When, when there's an even, a somewhat even number of legislators on both sides of the aisle. Okay. Yeah. So I guess the final question that I have for you, thinking about like the issues that you see with how the general assembly has changed over time and, you know, given your experience and state politics, what would you want Hoosiers to know about, sort of their role and influence when it comes to state politics and the General Assembly? Well, that's kind of like a, a, wish, a wish list. Yeah. Uh, you know, that... I mean, you can say you people ought to stop and think about before you just blindly go in and elect 70 Democrat Republicans, yeah. but you ought to think about how important it is for it to be a little more equal and fair mm-hmm. uh, to get good legislation. But, you know, that's, that's, I don't, that's not going to happen. I, it's going to have to be something else that changes that. Yeah. To, to what extent do you think, like, gerrymandering has an effect on the uh, distribution of Republicans and Democrats in the General Assembly? Oh, it's huge. Okay. It's huge. It's, uh, you know, you, you, that needs to stop, but... 
you know, I mean, I got to quite honestly say that if the Democrats were ahead in, I mean, if they had the big numbers, they probably wouldn't listen to what I'm trying to say either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, it just kind of depends on who's in power. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a part of the game. Yeah. Um, given all the time you've spent in Indiana throughout your life, uh, what enduring what enduring qualities would you say the people of Indiana still have? Well, they're honest, hardworking, just good salt of the earth people, and and uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, being a Hoosier is something to be proud of. Yeah, okay. And I think people understand that. Sure. All right, well, that's all the questions I have for you. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to mention, or did we cover it all, or...? I think we covered it pretty good. Great. All right. Well. Alrighty. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking part in this project. It was really cool and interesting to hear, um, you know, all about your experiences. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. All right. Well, I will be in touch and uh, talk to you later. So. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye, bye.